Hi, I'm Holly Cates, personal stylist and style coach extraordinaire. Hi, I'm Nolan Meter, celebrity stylist, shopping messiah, and accessory addict. We are the best friends that you never knew that you needed. We are the industry insiders and fashion's odd couple. In both of our everyday lives and at industry events, we see the best and unfortunately the worst in clothing and style. We are fashion partners in crime dedicated to stopping the most heinous of all fashion crimes on the street, the runways, and beyond. Join us as we take you inside our world, spilling the secrets of our experiences in the industry and inside our minds, judging people in the most loving way possible most of the time, and stopping fashion criminals dead in their crocs. It's more important than just the do's and don'ts. Jump on the Hot Mess Express as we teach you how to be your best and most stylish self. Hello, hello, hello. What is going on? Welcome to the show. This is Fashion Crimes Podcast, and do we have a doozy for you today? We have gone international, honey, okay? I am Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist. I'm with my best gay, Nolan. What's up? How are you? I love you. I haven't talked to you in, what, four minutes? Well, no, it's also, I mean, really, it's been like 24 hours. This week has been very busy because I'm busy, you know, packing and figuring out my outfits for my little jaunt to come visit. So I'm like, I've been very busy. So I feel like I've only talked to you once a day, which I can't remember the last time that happened. And I love the text that you said. I said, don't forget, we have Tracy Jeske coming on. And you're like, can you shorten the intro? Because you talk too long. Anyway, we have Tracy Jeske with us today, in vogue stylist, okay, international certified personal stylist that helps women 50 and over. Nolan, do we love a 50 and over moment or what? I mean, she is amazing, born in Canada, living in Italy. What? I mean, she blends Italian love. Dolce Vita with her flair for fashion and style. She takes personal life experience and her experience of over 30 years in the fashion industry to women to help them find their unique style, be bold, stand out in a crowd. She is amazing. I saw her picture and I said, oh yeah, she will be mine. Oh yes, she will be mine. Tracy, God damn it, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. And Nolan, are you going to stop me in my Balenciaga Crocs? Can I wear those? Is that an okay? I actually have a friend. I actually do have a friend who has them too. They're not for me, but also I recognize, I under. I get it. They're just not me. I have a friend who like has a bunch of triple S sneakers and I get it now, whereas I didn't necessarily get it before. (laughs) Those triple S sneakers are the heaviest things ever. It's like having men in your shoes. Yeah, really? my son has them and they are like, they are heavy. They are heavy. Like that's like an extra two kilos for oh sure. My gosh. I'm just jealous because you live in Europe and that means every like luxury goods are just in general, slightly less expensive. And that makes me resent you for living in Europe because I mean, I showed Nolan your picture and she, and he goes, Oh my God, she's so chic. I was like, I know, I know. I'm so grateful we found you. Tracy, tell us, tell us the town you live in, in Italy. Okay. I live in Lake Garda. So in the Northern part of Italy between Milan and Venice. Wow. And you are a Canadian Now Italian, Canadian, Italian. How chic is she, Nolan? My God. I mean, this is amazing. So great. Well, little known fact about me. I have a slight obsession with Canada. Um, I love Canada. because I love Canada too. Cheap meds. Two, it's very clean. Three, everyone is so nice. And so 
I like, especially the past four years, I've been so envious of anyone who lived in Canada because like you get to look on TV and be like, oh my God, our president is brilliant and he's cute. Meanwhile, we have, you know, a giant Cheeto who hates everyone. So I was resentful of that. And so I've always wanted to be Canadian because ever since I went to Montreal for the first time, I was like, it's so clean here. Everyone is so nice. And everyone complains about like the sales tax. I'm like, shut the fuck up about the sales tax. Okay. You get free healthcare. Okay. Right. Like, and I'm explaining right. it to like Americans who are like, the, the sales tax is so expensive. I'm like, shut up. How much do you pay for health insurance? Uh, right. Like, like shut well, up. It's an extra 5%. Get over it. Where I'm from in Canada, we didn't even have sales tax until 2000. So and it's only 5%. So it's not that bad. It's less What's than those like? places in America. I mean, God, I love Canada. What's that like? I mean, for real. Um, Tracy, this is so exciting to talk to you. I saw your picture. I um, do have a girl crush on you. I'm not going to lie. I was like, when I turn 50, I want to look like that. She, I, we will show this picture. She has a picture of herself in a hot pink tool dress on the beach with her family and she said that was your 50th birthday pictures right yeah i thought you were talking about the new york shot that's in the french riviera honey i was told that one that's the french yeah that was that was um, the summer before we i'm very close to the french riviera that's the nice thing about living in europe like you literally can go in five countries in one day so we live like three and a half hours from the french riviera so that's usually you know, after I come back from Canada, we go for a couple of weeks there. And that I think that picture was done in Nice. So, yes. And I had my I had hair extensions at that point in time. <laughs> well, Holly was supposed to go there last summer and then COVID happened. And uh, we were supposed to go on this biking trip. Whitest thing I've ever said. Anyway, back to you, Tracy. Tell us how you got started. So I have always been passionate ever since I was a little girl. It really started when I was little and playing with Barbies and dress up. So you can say that, you know, that Kate Spade quote of, you know, dress up starts when you're five and never ends. It truly does. You know, I went to university. I did the school thing. I tried university, absolutely hated it. It was literally the darkest year of my life. And actually I got an eating disorder in that year. And then, you know, the gap came to Canada, which we were talking at the nineties. This was when, you know, like gap was like the coolest thing ever for us Canadians. Cause we didn't have it. <laughs> and all preppy cool kids in 17 all wore gap. And so gap came to Canada and I was like, okay, I'm going to try and get a job there. And I started working at the gap and I left university like two months after I was like, that's it. I found what I want to do. And I absolutely loved it. You know, uh, the thing I loved the most was really about the, the fitting rooms. I could work in fitting rooms all day. And the transformations of seeing women, men, whatever it was, come in and help them find their looks. And so that's how it started. And after being in the gap for about four years, I left Canada. I decided from one day to the next that I was going to move to Australia because when you live in Canada and minus 50 weather, all you dream about is somewhere warm and sunny. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I packed my bags, went to Australia, didn't have a job and didn't even know anybody. And now being a mom, I kind of get why my mom flipped out on me at that point in time. Now, what town did you live in in Australia? I started out in Sydney and Sydney was just really big and I couldn't fit. And then I moved to the Gold Coast to Surfer's Paradise in Queensland. And as soon as I saw that beach of like, I don't know how many kilometers long that is, I just said, this is where I'm staying and I'm not moving from here. And so I worked in the fashion industry in Australia for four years. Absolutely loved it. And coming back to Canada after four years renewing my visa, I met this Italian man and I was kind of shocked. You know, he had on Todd's. He wasn't the typical Canadian with cowboys. 
with cowboy boots on, the cowboy hat. He was completely different. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. He's kind of chic, you know, and he like totally did the Italian thing, giving me three roses. He was really sweet. And I decided not to go back to Australia, but moved to Italy and follow him. And I we got married after three months of being here. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fabulous. I know, Nolan, I can see your face right now. <laughs> Nolan is like, oh my God, Australia, fashion. Like, I can see that right now. One of, my, one of the most fashionable people I know lives on the Gold Coast. I don't know where she lives in the Gold Coast. I'll have to ask her. But yes. Yes, Tess, my fabulous friend. She only wears Zimmerman. Oh, she is fabulous. And Chloe. I, yeah. And, and it's like her vibe. She is like this absolutely drop dead, stunning girl who's brilliant and has long blonde hair and only wears Zimmerman. She's one of my favorite humans. Wow. And she is from the Gold Coast. And like you couple like the glamour with the Australian accent. I mean, I can't. I can't. Okay. So, okay. So you moved back to, you moved to Italy after being in Australia. And you said, what am I going to do now with my career? Yeah. I was like, also because I couldn't speak. And that was like a really big struggle. And I still had my eating disorder, but my eating disorder, one thing it did never, ever stop me from doing what I wanted to do. I was not going to let that destroy me or hide me. So I, I couldn't speak here. I couldn't say a dang word. Like it was like, I, all I could say was pasta, spaghetti, <laughs> Alfredo, which is like such an insult to them, you know, or ciao mama, ciao papa. So I love to talk as you can see. So being on mute from one day to the next was just the hardest oh, that's thing. That's hard. That's hard. Horrible. Like you feel like an idiot. Everyone's talking around you. You know, Italians Aww. make gestures and they laugh and they talk and you're like, are they talking about me? Like, are they looking at me thinking I'm nutty or what? So that was one of those times where, you know, my style kicked ass. I totally worked on my style to have people notice me because I felt really hidden and I don't like to feel hidden. So for me, it was, that was when I realized that style is a way to speak without saying a word. And people started to come to me and they try and speak in their terrible English. I was speaking in my terrible Italian. I don't know what the hell we said half the time. Maybe they insulted me. I didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) They were actually talking to me and looking at me. Maybe they're like, oh my God, you have Balenciaga Crocs. You look horrible. But, you know, I was like, yeah, I love you too. So, and then, you know, being so close to Milan and going back and forth to Milan and seeing all the fashion weeks, you know, it's really hard to get into a show in fashion week in Milan, unless you, you know, you know, if you know the Pope, you can get in. But, you know, just being around that. And then that's when I decided I need to get my personal styling business up and running. I studied in New York. I flew to New York. I, I did. I studied there. And then where I did you back, study um, at the Sturdy Style Academy in New York? OK. And so I studied there and then I came back to Italy and I started working with a celebrity stylist here. She is like she has shows on real time and um it's called, how do you wear, how do you dress? And they kind of like take these people walking down the street that look absolutely horrible. And you're like, who dresses like that? And then they change their style. So I worked with her for a few years here and then been to Dubai styling London. Yeah. So that's just, and it just kind of all fell into place. Like it's, it's what I love to do. I absolutely love to do and becoming, getting older it's something that I love to do even more because I know that women, when they get older, they kind of think that their style isn't so important and they feel lost and they feel confused. The empty nest syndrome. What am I going to do with my life? Uh, I'm supposed to look frumpy and grumpy. I'm only supposed to wear khaki pants and white shirts because that's all the rules. So I'm just like turning that. I'm like changing that. No, you can have pink, crazy hair and you can wear Balenciaga Crocs. I don't give a shit. You know, age is just a number. 
Okay, Nolan, I don't know about you, but I'm still stuck on Dubai. So because that's I mean, we should go to Dubai. I mean, dying to go there. But this is not about me. It's about you. What led you to Dubai? Do you just have clients there or? I know another celebrity stylist that I actually worked with and she was my mentor for many years. So with her, I was going over with for her and then then I started having my own clients and being in styling events. So yeah, that's how I went to Dubai. Is it what we think it is? Is it all royalty or is it regular people? Is it people that have to wear the face, uh, sorry, the head covering or who? It's like seeing Kardashians everywhere. Like I literally, that's what it's like. It's like seeing Kim Kardashian everywhere because they all have these, like, like they dress like that too, like very fitted, even if they're quite curvy and they have quite bigger bottoms. Uh Like, uh I think they want that. I don't think they have to have that, but that's just how they are. And their makeup. Oh my God. Like it's makeup. beautiful beautiful makeup they're just stunning like I felt like shit when I was there I was like well from what I've heard it's a very I mean the it's sort of like Beverly Hills on steroids because everybody is so like in New York people especially people with money are usually pretty low-key from what I've heard from like from friends who go it's so the opposite it's like everyone has Rolls Royces and it's like essentially everybody's showing each other up we interviewed Shahad Casey who was a, a dear friend of mine I mean she's the sweetest lady. She came over and she is now this huge influencer and her makeup is to die. And I, every woman I meet who is from the Middle East, I said, is this a genetic trait? Like everyone does their makeup so gorgeous. Like, I mean, beautiful anyway. Okay. So that's one, that's on our travel list. Okay. Duh. You want to do that. Yeah. And it is like even the mall of, em- of the Emirates, the Emirates mall, whatever they call it. Like, it's so funny. Like, cause I didn't, we didn't have a car. Right. So we were like, okay, not the, not myself, not the stylist woman that lives there, but my other styling friend that came from Madrid and we were there like, okay, so let's take a taxi. So we get to the mall of Emirates. The taxi is like the poor thing. Like nobody is seen in a taxi there. So really? we were like, like the crappiest people in the world and <laughs> the entrance and they put us in that they made us go in this entrance which I don't even know what side of the mall it was on it was so far away and so when we got out we're like okay where's the taxi stand so we walk out and we're like there was this lineup of I don't know how many kilometers of cars outside that there was not a car that was under 100 200,000 dollars so I'm like okay now I know where we got the taxi stand on the other end of the mall like the other side is where all the glam is oh my god it was just i've never seen that many nice cars in my life in one spot what do tourists do does everybody roll around on a rolls royce like what do tourists do oh yeah tourists do but you know and you got well, from careful. what i've seen well yeah but like from what i've seen like dubai isn't somewhere you travel if you're like normal a um, lot of the time unless you're there for work but like if you're going for pleasure a lot of the time you go because it's, it's like, like las vegas so it's somewhere you'd go for three days because they have the big hotel so you're in a hotel and that hotel is everything because you're in the middle of the desert so you've got like these huge massive water slides you've got the the wow. gap you know, so it is and then like even at night they have the water shows where the you know like the mirage hotel where the water goes you know, like whatever the fountains they do all that with the color it's it's like las vegas in a desert like and it's in a desert too so <laughs> do you not go outside well, when I went, it was literally like melting. Like it was so yeah. 
hot. Oh my God. It was like over 40 degrees and you know, we get to 40 in Italy too, but it was, and there was actually a sandstorm and we were trying to do these bloody photo shoots outside in a sandstorm. Oh my God. I've never been in a sandstorm in my life, but that's, I guess that's probably one of the downsides of living in Dubai. But you know, after that, I thought I would live in Dubai. My husband, no, he's like, I'm not leaving the Mediterranean lifestyle to go to Dubai. I mean, valid, right? Nolly. That's, that's fair. That's, uh, that's, fair. that's fair. We're not mad at him for that. We're not mad at him for that. Okay. All right. I was for a while, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> are there a lot? I think there's a lot of Americans there. Yeah, there are. There's a lot of Americans, a lot of Americans, a lot of English. Yeah, there yeah. are a lot of British. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of British expats there. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also the, the cold of Britain. You go to Dubai. It's kind of like us going to Australia, Canada, Australia, maybe England, all the rain. You go to Dubai. It never rains. You've got the opposite problem. Wow. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're traveling around. I totally interrupted your story. Okay. You went here, you went there, and then you come back to Italy and then you're trying to get clients. My clients are mostly international because Italian women, as you know, and you see, they dress very well. And I just feel, I don't know, it's just even that language thing. I just find it so much easier even describing fabrics and everything in English. So I love my international clients and it kind of it's just fun. I love being able to travel. Obviously with COVID, that's all done now. But um, before COVID, when you could travel, so that's also probably why I worked so much outside of Italy. And in Italy, you know, like the women, there's a, a is um, it's closed. So it's not so open as America or Canada or, you know, Anglo-Saxon countries. And so when you go to a woman, you're like, ah, what do you do? I'm a personal stylist. They look at you and they're like, don't tell me I don't know how to dress. Like they get insulted. And it's like, no, I'm just to make your life easier. It's not because you don't know how to dress. Like, Literally in Dubai, you like what you do for women is you literally choose everything they wear for one week. They don't have to think about anything in their closet. You have their Monday look, their Tuesday look. Their, you go, you know, you sneak wow. into, you get everything for them. So that's what you do, you know. And it's like if they say to you, "I've got this. Go here's my credit card. Go buy my stuff." That's what that is. And like you know, it, in the mentality here, that just hasn't the personal stylist thing hasn't really hit Italy so much. As you said, Italian women are just better dressed in general. So I get that. Duh. Yeah. You don't leave the house unless you look really good. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just how it is. And I love it. Like I I do, I appreciate it. And I love it because even that being from Canada and knowing people wear PJs outside. (laughs) Oh God, that's the worst. Okay. Tell us some fashion week stories. I mean, we're like hanging on to every word here. Well, you know, fashion week, like I said, like it's really, it's not an easy thing to get into. Like you really, you really have to know somebody to pull your way. And I would imagine it's kind of like that in the States too. New York is pretty brutal. I, I had a lot of luck in London, though. London, they were very nice to me. Really? I've really never gotten into like Fendi or, you know, some high end. I mean, I go there and I watch the people and that I think is like just amazing enough as it is. Like yeah. it's literally like a fashion show on the streets. That's what I love. Like, I think I even would love that more than sitting inside. Because, you know, unless you're like somebody really famous and you get the front row, like you probably can't even really see what's going on on the show during the show. So for me, it's like, being on the streets and, you know, I've even had like, there's um, paparazzi everywhere. I've had my photos taken because I had my Balenciaga Crocs on that one time. <laughs> there. And I literally just got twisted my ankle because they jumped out of nowhere and they jumped in front of me. We were taking these pictures and I got scared. Like, oh my God. I almost fell. And my bro- my son was with me and he was like ready to punch. Me. He was like, what the heck is this? And I'm like, so, you know, like there's like, I, 
It is. It's something to come and see. Like if you can come and see, I don't even, I wouldn't even go to a show. I would say just go, go to like the Dolce & Gabbana coffee shop or the restaurants in Dolce & Gabbana up on the top floor. That's where Ooh. the action is. Like it is. And that's what I struggle with too. Like I struggle with Dolce because Holly loves Dolce. I love their clothes. I have an issue with them, you know, morally, but of all of the brands in Italy that I could like, that I could go to their shows. I, I know the most people at Dolce, so I could go to their shows. And that's like my sort of endless debate, which is like, when you go, you're calling me because I'm coming. Well, the thing is, is I don't know, because like, I always, I was talking to a friend of mine when we were, we were both in London at the same time for the London shows. And so we ended up having martinis and we were just chatting. And I asked her, cause she, you know, buys clothing on a level that very few people do. And she buys haute couture and she's a muse for all these brands and all, whatever. And it's like, so what are your thoughts on Dolce? She's like, I used to buy it all the time. I love Dolce. I had a really great relationship with the brand. And then they made one comment and I just can't associate with. So I will wear what I have. I won't buy anymore. And ever since then, I've sort of struggled with the, you know, like I really, I have an issue supporting that brand, but their pieces are beautiful. And I love that they dress curvy women like anybody else. I love that. So that's like my huge debate in my head. And like part of me, because one of them did say to me, he's like, well, do you want to come to Altamoda? And I said, yeah, because <laughs> they do like their Altamoda shows. They go to a different part of Italy and have like a four day weekend. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, do you want to come? I was like, yeah. And this was very, this was pre-COVID. And I was like, yeah, let me think about it. Nolan, can you explain what Dolce... Uh, Altamoda is for people who well, don't know. So Altamoda is Dolce & Gabbana's version of Haute Couture and they can't call it Haute Couture because they produce it in Italy. So they call it Altamoda, which is just high fashion in Italy, in Italian, but. Alta is high in Italian. So high, yeah, high fashion. And it, it's it's incredible stuff. And so like one year they did the Lake Como, one year they did in Naples, one year they did it in Rome, one year they did it in Sicily and they do, you know, these huge four day weekends and they've, you know, um, what is it? is La Scala, that big opera theater? Is that what it's called? Yeah, La Scala in Milan, yes. They did, you know, their show in the opera theater one year. I mean, it's crazy stuff. And so I said, yeah, I'll come. And then wait, let me think about it. And then COVID happened. So I didn't go, obviously, because it was canceled. But that's my big debate. It's like, that's the one brand I know for sure I could go to in, in Italy. And that's the one that I'm not necessarily sure I should. Oh, okay, Holly, well, you can stay in the hotel room. Holly and I will go. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, Holly loves loves a bit of Dolce. She does. Well, I mean, I've been to Milan, and it is fabulous. I mean, the shopping is incredible. It's amazing. People are really nice. I, I loved it. I mean, I could have just stayed in Milan. We went to Venice, and we went to Florence, and we went to Milan. I said, we're not going to Italy without going to Milan. Sorry, boo. That's not. Yeah. So we had a, a lovely time. And I would have loved, I would love to go back. I mean, I'm not saying without my husband, but I kind of am saying like as a girl's trip. (laughs) I'm creating a retreat in Italy for all of my American friends. And we're going to do shopping and style. So it's a shopping and style retreat for four days. And I will be taking you to Naples, to the (gasps) Malfi And you'll be going to Capri. And we're going to go see Grace Kelly, where she used to stay on the Malfi Coast. And yeah, so that's without your husband because it's only women. Okay, can Nolan come? Well, Nolan can come. Yeah. Okay. I don't count. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't count as. A, I mean, sorry. I mean, he's I a won't man, pull strings. But... I forgot. I forgot. I did call Holly last week, and I was like, by the way, I made a new friend who works for Versace. She like works for their atelier label, and she was super nice. She's like, come to anything. I will whore myself out so we can do things with Versace. I have no. I will do whoever it takes. <laughs> Listen, it's okay. We have another friend. I'm married, obviously. I have a we have a friend, a young a friend who's single. And Nolan's like, 
can't you do him? Can't you go on a date with him? Can't you kiss him in the in the in the coat closet? And she's well, no, like, well, there was one where we were trying to get into this party, right? And we couldn't get in, and we couldn't tell if the guy at the door was gay or not. I said, so if he's gay, I'll take him. If he's straight, you take him. Let's do this. <laughs> anyway, but she she did do something one time. I can't remember, but anyway, uh, so I, Nolan is like, I keep saying I've been whoring myself out for guests, and Nolan is like, I'll do whatever it takes, but. I am sorry that you told me you're having a retreat because don't invite me because we'll come. She'll show up. Okay. Because we'll come. It doesn't even have to be a retreat. You can just come whenever. Like, Ugh. really. Do you need a retreat? No, you don't. Just tell me when COVID, when this, all this stuff ends and you can actually travel around because don't come now because you'll be stuck in a hotel room for. Oh, yeah. Oh, so oh, I, feel like, I feel like there are worse, pe- worse places to be stuck in a, in a fabulous hotel, though. I really I do. Mean, that, that is, if you got to choose, it's not bad. All right, Tracy, back to you. Okay, so now you work with women. Oh, do you work with men? No, women, just women. And what is the biggest problem you think that women have who are there? Well, I think the problem that that I see that's, you know, quite common is women just at this stage in their life. Like when there's always age appropriate rules, but literally as you get older, it is just like insane. Like we're not even allowed to wear, like, you're not supposed to show your knees. So I'm like, can I not wear a bathing suit anymore? What's wrong with my knees? Aren't there topless beaches there or am I? Okay. Yeah. They're getting, that's a little bit different here, but on the French Riviera, yes, it's topless. So, you know, you can't show your knees because we're 50 and you can't do this because you're 50. And I'm just so sick of it. And I'm like, so that I think is the biggest struggle is that there's these age appropriate rules and you tell me age appropriate, I'm going to break it. So that is one thing that women struggle with. And another thing is just understanding who they want to be in this season of their life. So they're like, mm. or they dress like their moms or they're dressing like their daughters, which is even worse. Trying to be 18 and 19, it just, and being on TikTok, like, no, like I get TikTok and having fun, but you know, it's just... Yeah, that I think is the biggest struggle because they don't know who they are. They're like, I'm 50, I'm going in menopause, everything's moving south on me and you know, our bodies change, it's normal. And as skinny as I am, I've put on weight in my, my around my middle. I exercise every day, but I think it's just this menopause thing. So, you know, that is, I think it's just the biggest struggle is understanding who I am at this age, who do I want to be and how do I want to show up in this world? And your life is not over at 50. My life is literally just beginning. Amen. I have more fun now than I did. I was so worried in my thirties, my thirties, I was like this romantic loser who wanted her husband to wake up in the night and take care of the children and do all these things. And I cried so much. And, you know, and in my forties, I had my kids going in their teens and they literally drove me fucking nuts. So when I got, <laughs> 50, I was like, screw this, screw all of you. Like, this is my time. It's my time to sparkle and shine. I'm doing whatever. And there's the door if nobody likes it. Oh, we love this for you. Do we not? Oh, I'm not serving anyone anymore. I did my time. I'm done. And I did a good job. Like my kids are great. I love them. I adore them. And I, and I do, I still would do anything for them. If they ask, it's not like I've totally abandoned my whole family. <laughs> I'm 47. Okay. And I, Nolan is like, la, 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 la. And I like to say I'm fighting middle age. And as much as I work out, everything is falling. (laughs) I mean, it is falling and it's gravity and I can't help it. But I like to say I feel young because I never gave birth. So I can only imagine at 50, you don't get it until you're 50. You just don't get it. At my 20s were the worst time. 
Oh yeah. Like me with my eating disorder, my God, like, Oh, talk about insecure and hating myself and everything. Me too. I would never go back to high school. That is one thing too. Like I would don't, don't ever have me go back to high school. No way, man. I had fun partying, but other than that, the insecurity level, holy crap. Yeah. I totally get it. I understand where you're coming from. And I'm just so pleased to meet somebody in my age range who feels great and you want to empower other women to feel great. And that's what I do. The woman who I was talking to yesterday who interviewed me, you know, she was really depressed. She's like, I was wearing these clothes for so long. It was so awful. And now I'm getting slowly getting myself back. And I said, motherhood doesn't mean that you're supposed to be in the pit. You know, I mean, it's just, it doesn't mean that you're just a doormat now. And I think so many women struggle with that because they have to be everything to their family. And then they're, and I I hate that. So you're like the shining beacon of light for people who really want to get themselves back and have that permission. You know, it's of your life for your kids. Generally at 50, you've kind of been and done, done it all. Like Unless you're going through a divorce or an illness at 50, then that's different. But, you know, like you've, you've been through the heartaches, you've been through all the crap, you've been through childbirth, you've been through kids, you know, puking on you, teenagers like getting drunk and not telling, you know, doing all that. Mm-hmm. Crap. Mm-hmm. So it's time for you. You're literally free of all that. So why not be you be the woman that you you can it's never too late to be the woman you've dreamt you always dreamt to be and that's what I'm becoming right now in this in this phase of my life I am doing more being more of who I always dreamt to be than I ever dared do in my past in my past I was too scared I think I was too scared of what people would think what would they say it might upset my husband it might no 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 I don't care anymore I'm done oh, fabulous I mean my mother had an experience like that too where I was like listen you're divorced. Our lives were up, totally upended. Like it wasn't just divorce. I mean, everything sort of changed overnight almost. And so after like, you know, the recovery period of three or four years, we're like, we were getting back on our feet and, you know, we, you know, we're finally stable. I was like, it's time. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's time. And so now she gets it. And now it's become like an issue where like, I say this every week, but my mother's become like a clothing, like a clothing snob. And I love it. <laughs> it I'm, it's like my greatest accomplishment for her to go into a store with someone these days, like she'll go to like, into like pop into like teaching me. She'll be like, no, and there's nothing in here I want anymore. I'm like, I'm so proud. Uh, like like last here. week I bought her this insane air dress for a family wedding. And she was like, wishy-washy and wishy-washy about it. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is, it was 97% off. It has the tags on it from Neiman Marcus. Shut up. You're keeping this dress. She's like, no, why don't you see if Holly wants it? Cause her and Holly are roughly the same size. And Holly's like, no, she needs to keep it. And so I didn't even tell my mother that Holly said, no, I just let her do over it. Well, apparently that night she tried it back on again. And then she texted me in the morning. I'm going to keep it. I'm like, thank you. That's wonderful. See, you know, like my mother, your mother's much younger than mine. My mother is 90. Wow. It's just, she's my idol. Like, I think I got everything I have because of her. Like, I can remember when I was little, like she always looked amazing. Like even if it was minus 50 out, whatever it was, like she literally looked so beautiful and she still does today. Like, it's so funny. She probably would kill me if I like say this, but you know, she's like, you know, I think I need to get a little bit more Botox done around my mouth, you know, cause it's, you know, my skin's kind of hanging. I'm like, you're, you're freaking 90. Like <laughs> what, That's what do you want? You know, fabulous. she's like, my chin. I just get, you know, she doesn't like, she's, it's all very natural. Nobody would ever know if she ever had it done. 
but you know, that's just how she is. Like her teeth are perfect. They're so white. I'm like, Oh my God, I want your teeth. And she's just like, we went to Hawaii for 87th and we literally, she literally went to the shop and she's like, okay, yeah, this cream. Okay. It's 1500, 2000. Okay. It's going to open. I'm like, are you nuts? Like, what are you doing? And she's just, that's how she is. I just love her. I love her. I love her. And I'm like, that's who I want to be when I'm 90. And we do look a lot alike. It's really funny. Some people are like, my God, it's so obvious that you're her daughter. Are you like mini me? Yeah. I'm like a mini her man. Like, it's just so funny. See, I want to know. So, cause I, now that we're talking about skin cream, does she believe in really expensive skin cream? Because I hear from everybody either it's worth it or it's not. I have my own opinions. Like La Mer, I fucking adore La Mer. And I know it's disgusting and expensive, but I love it. What are your, like, if she looks that fabulous, you got to tell me what are her thoughts on this and what are yours? Okay. Well, my mother is very much a healthy, she's like, she doesn't, you know, she's never taken, she hardly ever takes medicine. So she's always been, it's an, the alternative medicine, like since I was a little girl. So I remember her taking me, we called her the witch doctor because she, <laughs> she like try all these natural herbs on my arms to see if my arms would stay up or they fall or whatever. So she's always been very natural and, you know, she's done yoga, Tai Chi, up until she got a pacemaker like three years ago and she literally jogged and that's what like destroyed her heart. Cause she jogged <laughs> and when she was 85 and they're like, you can't jog at that age. That's really hard on your heart. So she's always had a really, really healthy lifestyle more than, but you know, like you take her into shop and you get some woman beside her saying, okay, this cream, it's $1,000, but this is what it's going to do. And she'll buy it. She doesn't care. Like she really does believe in good, good skin products, good, healthy food. Like she doesn't cut back you know, groceries are really expensive in Canada and I hate spending money on food. I'm like, I would rather spend money on shoes than food. So in Canada, it drives me nuts because a broccoli costs like 10 bucks. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm not spending 10 bucks for a broccoli. Why is that? What, tell I, me, I don't import, know. You have to import a lot of it because you can't, isn't the climate too cold to grow a lot of things? Yeah, like everything's imported. So it's it's just a joke. Like 10 cherries cost 10 bucks. I'm like, I'm not spending Wow, I did not know that. But again, universal healthcare. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, but big one. <laughs> it's a big win. So, you know, like she's just, that is her. It's just how she's always been. She's always taking care of herself. Always, always, This was always. a calculated question because someone who shall remain nameless and I fight over the skincare situation a lot. Cause I usually guide, you know, in the guiding light with the skincare. And then I hear it's too expensive. But then two weeks later I hear, why do I have a wrinkle? So I'm like, well, then buy the skin. So I needed someone to back me up. That's That was a very calculated question on my part. I needed backup. I have more wrinkles now than I have ever had in my life. Then you got to buy the La Prairie stuff that costs more than a kidney. And all of a sudden you look like a baby again. <laughs> it's like, it, or get one of those, like, I, I draw the line, like the fetus facials. I'm like, keep, I don't need someone else's fetus on my face. I'm good. But the good cream, like I've been sent like one of the press kits of La Prairie, that shit's amazing. And it really, it's like triple the price of La Mer. It's ridiculous. But God, is that shit good. You know what just, else? Good? I'll give you, I'll give you a beauty tip is the vampire injection. I don't know if you've ever done I've done it. that before. I've done it once. Oh my God. I love it. I absolutely love it. Like I am a big fan of that, but you have to have the uronic acid inside of it, you know, so it's not, and then you get a peeling before. So your skin's kind of damaged, Like your skin literally glows after that. But I mean, but then I'm, it's also, you have to do, it's not like a one and done thing though. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people forget about is, it's like, you can't do it once and expect it to last forever. These things are like, it's almost like, I'm trying to give an analogy. It's like, you have, you have to maintain it. It's like, a, it's like a house. If you let the grass grow and then cut it, 
it's not going to stay cut forever. You have to do it again. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that unless you're getting a facelift, in which case all the power to you, but that's a lot of surgery. I just, I struggle with, I spend so much money on me. Nolan doesn't think so. He doesn't think I spend enough money on me, but I spend so much money on me. And I'm like, $300 for cream? Really? I mean, really? Come on. I have these frown lines. I call it my crater right in between my eyebrows. And I've had it since I was in high school. And so it's kind of a running joke. And it used to be a one. Now it's 111. And so that's the biggest joke now. And I just it's only getting worse. And I just am like my friend, this woman in my workout group, she is a plastic surgery queen. She's like, I've had a butt lift. I've had this, I've had a brow lift, whatever. And she's younger than me. She is 40. She's like, don't ever get a brow lift. And I'm like, I don't even want to go there. So I'm just sort of perplexed. I mean, and then I get, you know, I wanted hair extensions. Maybe you can back me up on this, Tracy. God, that was awful. I got my weave and I loved it. And Jonathan hated it and Nolan hated it. And I'm like, it's just longer hair. What is the big deal? My family hated my extension thing. And actually, I I just had extensions. I didn't have an actual weave, but I literally could not wait to get those dang things off. I just like. Oh, I loved mine. Oh, I, I did like the long hair, but everybody just, you know, I don't know if you ever saw Kris Jenner when she did the episode and she put on long hair. She was like in Greece or somewhere and she just looked horrible with long hair. And then she, she lost her wig or whatever. I found the water and, and she like came out that night. She had on her short pixie haircut. Like there are some people who just look better. You look nice with long hair. I don't look good with long hair. Like I think it just aged me and I tried it. I was almost 15. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the extension thing. I just I, don't get it. What is the big deal? And Jonathan's like, I hate it. I hated it. I thought it was awful. Ugh, I loved it. Was it was so bad. <laughs> and then a piece of it fell out at a fashion show. And that was fucking hysterical. I just, whatever. The point is, I'm like, it's, what is the big deal? And, and Jonathan's like, grow your hair out if you want longer hair. I'm like, but it gets so thin when yeah, I grow it out, it gets so thin. And then I, I do have a pea head. I have a very, very narrow, small face. Mm-hmm. And so I think it drags me down, but I just, when I, I loved my short hair, my hair used to look just like yours. And I loved my short hair, but I do think it ages me a little bit. So I'm just, it's just a toss up. I mean, I feel like saying, screw you. I want my weave back, but nobody, I get so much shit for it. So it's not my thing. It's just, I'm just, I'm sort of like work with what you've got and like go for, I mean, there are a million things you can do with the hair that you do have. I just don't, I feel like I understand. I know people who, you know, have things put in for the red carpet or have things put in for, you know, big parties. I understand that it's a lot of maintenance for every day. And like, I don't see the point of it. And it's so often, it's so obvious. It's like, yeah, that was the thing with my extensions. Like I'm somebody, if I get something done, I want it done perfectly. And when I see that you can see, like when it started to grow and you could see like that, it literally, I was so embarrassed to go around because I was like, oh my God, like, you know, in the front, I could, you didn't really see it, but in the back, when you could start seeing it was grow, I was just like, no, I can't, I can't do this. Like, you know, I was at the hairdresser like three times a week. I couldn't dry my own hair. I was like, uh, it's a oh, that's a lot. So like three times a week, I was every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I was at the freaking hairdressers and I was just like a slave to my hair. Yeah, like, that's annoying. That's annoying. Like even when we're in the French Riviera, I didn't even go in the water because I was like, I can't get my hair wet and dry. <laughs> like, I don't know how. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I love your hair. I love your short hair. Um, T Tracy, what is does the future hold for you now at this phase in your life? How are you growing your business? Are you just trying to get more clients or do you, are you trying to do more appearances? What's in the future hold for you? Well, I'm hoping somehow, somewhere I will be on TV that you will see me on TV. I want to get on American television. That's my thing. That's my dream. All right. We're going to put that in the universe for you. That's but not right. in the universe. Well, that's right. So I'm, you know, I'm pitching, I'm pitching to the American channels and let's hope I would love to have a style segment. I would, I just like, Get me on a morning show twice a week, do a style segment, you know, flip women's wardrobes, flip their looks around. I would love to do that. That's my big dream. So that's something that will happen. And I know it will. Um, and online. Now I'm, I'm online. I'm not obviously I can't travel in Italy and who knows by the time we get vaccines here. Um, so my business is online and I absolutely love it. I absolutely help. I, you know, I just, I had this new client that I got last week and she is just the sweetest thing. She's American. I just absolutely love her. So, you know, I do, I love, I love working online and if I could get, you know, on TV somehow, somewhere I will, that's where I'll be. And obviously like, you know, public speaking, I love doing that. That's what I love. I love, I love helping and getting my word out as much as I can and helping, you know, if there's just one woman listening today and she laughs and she's like, you know, she woke up feeling crappy and drowsy and she starts to laugh like, Hey, we've done a really wonderful thing. Like, you know, that's, that's my thing. I love that. Cause I think some people think style is so serious and fashion is so serious. And for some people it is, but it can be so much fun. Like you come out of the dressing room. Like there have been times where Holly comes out of the dressing room and like, you look like a chicken, take it off. <laughs> and just, I'm like, it, I get that it's Dolce, but you look like a chicken. Like it's time. Everybody yeah. have some fun with it. And like, and I love that you make it like more approachable and like more just fun because some people get so intimidated. Well, you know, and a lot of people think fashion is superficial and frivolous also. And it's not like it literally will change your life. Like it literally changed my life when I came to Italy and I couldn't speak a damn word. Um, my eating disorder, I probably wouldn't be here, but my style is the only thing that kept me going. And I made sure that I looked good every day. I didn't, I never left my house unless I was perfect, not to hide it from other people, but to show myself that I was okay. If I started to look the part and look sick, I wouldn't be here. So style is a lot, goes a lot more deeper than just what's on the outside. Oh, a hundred percent. I think that people don't necessarily give it the credit it deserves. I mean, I'm so happy that you're, you know, better mentally with your eating disorder. It's really hard to feel like, you know, I know that's that pressure in America and, you know, you want to be a certain weight and you want to look a certain way. And, you know, it, it clicked for me when I wanted to be strong instead of skinny. And it took yeah. me a long time to get there. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. Uh, um, Nolan's on a very big fitness journey. Ah, oh, good boy. Well, it's more. It was more of. I mean, I, I hate to say this. A lot of people, because you know, especially when you lose a lot of weight very quickly, everyone's always. Everybody has an opinion, and whether it be you know, I have a controversial opinion because I think I say what everyone's thinking when it comes to this. I don't need anyone's fucking praise. I don't want your judgment. I don't want your praise. I don't want your questions. It's not your fucking business. I just right. don't care. Right. And I don't. And, and some people think you're being nice. I'm like, great. I don't like. I don't care. I just don't. I didn't do this for you. I right. did it for me. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody feels they're entitled to an opinion about it, whether it be great or not. Or you look great now. I'm like, well, you told me I look great before. So like, fuck off. Really? Like, fuck off. That was my biggest thing. I, when I lost weight, people were like, oh my God, you look amazing now. And then yes. I felt like, well, what did you think before that? It was just a backhanded compliment. Well, and, well, and I, I don't think that's, people intend it that way, but I think it's very, 
I think people don't understand the power of their words, especially when, you know, anytime you go from, I sort of went from one extreme to another in, in a way of my, like my lifestyle in that way. And I don't think people necessarily always understand the impact of their words, whether they mean it or not. When someone's very sensitive about that, it's very, it can be really difficult. And people always say, oh, well, like, regardless of people, I say to people, I wish I did this for a good reason. Because I, I am very honest in saying I did not do this for a good reason. I had at the end of a very important friendship in my life that just left me feeling so terrible about myself that I said, I need to do something. And everyone's like, well, at least something good came out of it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Do you understand the mindset you have to be in yeah, like- to feel the need to do this? Do you understand how brutal that is? And nobody seems to understand that. And so it's a very- It's a very sensitive. It's like- a very sensitive subject. And I think that people, you know, very rarely understand the impact of their words when it comes to things like that. Like, you know, even like the thing of like retail and fashion being superficial, like, you know, like even the fact of working in the fashion industry and stuff like that, it is like a lot of people look down on it because they think like, what do you do? You work in the fashion. What do you do? Like, you're not a doctor. You're not a surgeon. Well, you know what? It isn't important. It, it is important. Like, and that's the one thing that I would like, you know, other people to realize that fashion and style is important. It's not nothing. Like you said before, like, mind your own business. Let me do what I want to do. Right. And people are just really insensitive, I think. Yeah. And I did my college admissions essay actually several years ago on that point, because I had someone say to me once about how, you know, superficial it was and pointless. And because both of my siblings went to Ivy League schools and are brilliantly smart. And I had someone make a kind of backhanded compliment to me about, oh, like me choosing something so frivolous compared to the other two. So it inspired me to write my college admissions essay, went into the scientific you know, sort of impact of fashion on people and their confidence and their mood. And one of the one of the studies that I found were um, were people taking. I forget if it was either it was either the bar or like the MCATs for medical school. I forget what it was, but they tested people wearing like shitty normal clothes, like sweatpants, lab coats, and then there was a group of people who wore like Marnie jackets and dresses and like crazy stuff that they loved. And these are all people with like a similar GPA. It was a very controlled test. The people who wore nicer clothes and wore clothes they felt confident in did like 15% better on the exam. So it's not just fucking clothes. And that's what people don't understand. You know, and that's even this thing with being at home and being on Zoom calls. And you're like, you're like, you're applying for a job or maybe you're hoping to get a promotion. You're hoping to get your client and you've got on a nice top, but underneath you've got pajamas on. Telling you right now, you will never get that client. You will never get that job because you are telling yourself the most important person that you are not worthy of it and you don't deserve it. Because would you go out in an interview in pajamas and a nice top? No, you wouldn't. (laughs) That's so true. And everyone's like, I don't need to wear pants anymore. Yes, you fucking do. (laughs) Put your pants on. Exactly. Like that's like, that should be a new thing. Like put your pants on. (laughs) Put your pants on. I've said that to a client. I had a client come out of a dressing room in Bergdorf's in literally just the thong. I mean, no bra, no pants, no shirt. And it wasn't me. It wasn't it, Holly. It was not me. It was not Holly. Um, she at least keeps a bra on. Very kind. <laughs> I'm like, put your fucking pants on. I'm like, this is, it's Bergdorf Goodman. Put your fucking pants on. I'm like, this is not your closet. I like to say Nolan has seen more boobs in his lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, where are my sunglasses? <laughs> more boobs than any straight man ever wishes they could. Anyway, Tracy, we have to wrap it up. We could talk to you for hours. I mean, we could. We talked to you for hours. Thank you so much for joining us. I mean, how can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Tracy Jeske Official. 
or on my website at www.envoguestylist.com. That's E-N-V-O-G-U-E stylist.com. I'm finding you on Instagram right now because we're going to be best friends. I don't know if you know that yet. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This has been amazing. I loved you. I had a girl crush on you when I saw your picture. I talked to you. I loved you even more. Now I love you anymore. Will you come back? I will definitely come back without a dive. I would come back tomorrow, honey, if you had me on like Don't in and out. say that because she will probably be like, when are you free next week? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good to go. Anytime you want me on, I'll be your regular. We're going I'm international. Oh, no. we're going international, honey. You could be international correspondent. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be in Milano Fashion Week. You guys will be in New York Fashion Week and we'll be talking. Okay. We're taking we'll- the Fashion Crimes Podcast international. I did say once this happened, once COVID was over, because the last trip I went on before COVID, coincidentally, when I got COVID next, I gave it to an entire plane full of people. But we don't talk about that was London Fashion Week. And it was the best experience because everyone was so much nicer than New York. And the thing about Europe Fashion Week is, is it's usually one team for each company, like KCD and Carla Otto, whatever. There's a team for America. And then the other ones sort of, there are teams in each country, but they sort of interchange. So I met someone who worked for KCD in London and he's now with a different company, but he would do the London shows, the Milan shows and the Paris shows. So he said to me when I was in London, when I was leaving, he's like, are you going to Milan? Because I'm handling, I forget, I think he was handling... I want to say Versace and like Etro. He's like, if you want to come, let me know. And then he goes, I'm doing in Paris. My responsibilities are McQueen and Saint Laurent. Do you want to come? And I was like, excuse me? Okay. Nolan, can you have sex with him, please? So we can. I I will. I would, I, I would do it. I really would. Okay. The first thing I do when this is over, I'm going international fashion week again. It was the best thing I ever did because everyone is more glamorous. Everyone's nicer. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us. This has been incredible. We're going to call you again. You're part of the posse. Sorry. Yes, I'm so excited. I can't wait. This was a blast. This was, this was so topic. much fun. This has been Fashion Crimes Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram, on Facebook. We are Holly at Fashion Crimes Podcast. Nolan at Fashion Crimes Podcast. Hit us in the DM. Send us smoke signals. Email us. Tell us what you want to know. Please contact Tracy Jeske. She is an amazing, amazing stylist living in Italy. Ugh, how chic are we that we are friends with her now? Thank you so much for joining us. This is Fashion Crimes Podcast, and we are out.